What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 270, broken up into two parts, A and B. B. Two, thank you. 270A, posting on March 22nd, will be a discussion on Turning Red and Coda on Apple TV. And 270B, posting on 325, we will be discussing Oscar predictions. The Oscars. The Oscars, yes. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger Fortowney Stillian, and our lovely perma guest, Chris, boy band Bonanza Bond. Yeah, no, that, that <laughs> works. I like that one. Boy band Bonanza. I don't like the fact that I got referred to as a fucking townie. That's not a good thing. <laughs> you're, you're a Fortowney from Turning Red. Yeah. yeah. We, all, we all know you love the boy bands, Roger. We know. We know. Oh, yeah. If anybody here does. I do. I definitely do. No, 100%. I am fascinated by... I actually did a paper on them in college, like the boy bands of the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm fascinated by them. I mean, that was my peak formative years. Legitimately, the end of my high school, beginning of my collegiate career. Collegiate. (laughs) How else would you call it? That is the correct terminology, sir. It is. It is. It is. your correct terminology. It it sure is. Um, Did... Let me ask you something, guys. So, turning red. Chris, we're a little older than you, but... Roger, at least for you, did it? Did hearing those boy band um, songs and those and those wonderful lyrics, did they take you back to that time at all, or early two thousands? Oh hell yeah. yeah! Well, my favorite thing too is how they were dressed because like it's spot on. Like, how, like the, the like the blonde hair, frosted tips. Full, yeah, yeah. Frosted blonde hair, all white, like yep. jean, like a white denim jacket with yeah. like white cargo shorts <laughs> down to mid shin. Hell yeah, mid shin baby, dude. That's just. <laughs> I'll have made my day. Call those chants. Yeah. Yeah. Capris for guys. Yeah. Yeah, Male capris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I really enjoyed uh, that aspect of turning. I'm not sure I enjoyed turning red as much as the rest of the world, but we'll get into that. Gentlemen. really didn't like turning red. Apparently. (laughs) Very much so. Indeed. Indeed. We will get into that a little bit. Uh, Guys, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, St. Patrick's Day this week. It was indeed, Roger. I, I assume you celebrated by consuming a copious amount of alcohol. No, I just had one green beer, just because. Hmm, good for you. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have anything. But look I've, at you, I made back. <laughs> what, what about you, Chris? Uh, I actually, honestly, did a whole bunch of nothing this week. That, like of note, I worked and I watched uh, Turning Red twice because my seven-year-old wanted to watch it twice. So that's what I watched. Other than that, I haven't really done anything. So, yeah, it's just been a nice, calm week for me. Good. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, look, we could all use a calm week every now and again. (laughs) So, wait, has your – so your daughter is still loving uh, Naruto? We watched two episodes this morning, so yes. Okay. And the same daughter that also loves Turning Red? Yes, yeah. And how old is that daughter that likes Turning Red? Just said she was seven. She's seven years old. Oh, so okay, so seven. Okay, good, 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 good. My four-year-old be... give a shit about either. So I will. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely have a few questions for you when it comes to turning red about how your daughter felt about it. Okay, yeah. But obviously, she liked it. She's watching it twice. Roger, what about your daughter? Not, not, not into it at all. Nope, doesn't care. Doesn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I watched several things. She sat in the other room and played on her iPad. Nice. And I said, okay, yep. okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, we need a, an update on Buttons the cat? How's Buttons adjusting? Buttons the cat loves her new home. Good. Yep, she Thank got you. to walk around my garage for the first time. She was enthralled by it. All the smells and stuff in there. Yeah, I'm sure she yes. was loving it every minute. 
I was watching some stuff. I actually played some PlayStation this week. Yeah, what'd you play? Um, I actually, I finally finished Days Gone. <laughs> Yo, Master Duel? Oh. No, I finished Days Gone. Rosen dog. Um, that was... Master Duel is the new thing. It's free. I know, I know, but Duels of the Rose is the better one. I but like it's that one. free, man. I, whatever. Duels of the Rose also PlayStation 2, so. I had are, one you, are you nerds done? I, I had all kinds of quality decks that are all just wasted now. Yeah. Because rules are different and oh. bullshit. <laughs> All right, are you are you nerds done now talking about? You want to talk about the new Fortnite season that dropped today? <laughs> remember to stop. Remember to stop here for all Rogers Fortnite talk. Yeah, uh, oh it was a rough going Fortnite today. No, no dubs today. Oh no, no. <laughs> Actually, where we? My group's been like we haven't won a match in like a week for like or something like that. Oh man, it's not not ideal. You're on a downtrend, dude. Our squad's win rate legitimately is like thirty eight percent, which is not bad. No. But we're on a cold spell, so <laughs> that means we are due for like eight in a row, which is possible. Yeah, you should use that theory in gambling too. Let me know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Fortnite is far cheaper. Than oh, there. speaking of gambling, True. I did watch. It doesn't have to be. You did watch what? Twenty one. Twenty one's uh, an okay movie. Kevin Spacey, Lawrence Fishburne. I remember when it came out, I thought it was incredible, and now the more I watch it, I'm just like. It's, it's okay. okay. It's yeah, no, it was it was never incredible. It was just okay. But K K Bosworth is good. I forget the main guy's name, Jim Stern. Sturgis. Sturgis. Yeah, he was also in Cross the Universe. I think that same year. He's also the lead singer of uh, System of a Down. Heyo. Is that him. really him? Hush. No, it's not him at all. His, his, Stop his name is close. Stop. <laughs> damn it! I didn't know that. Anyway. <laughs> all right, a little slow week then for us. Um, I watched several other things though, but just kind of run of the mill things. Um, I did start, uh, my, one of my roommates was actually watching Band of Brothers, so I sat down and watched an episode of that. I can't, every time that's on, I just, I it's such good TV. I will that if it's on. It's such, it. it's such good television. Really? Chris, you being, you being it's on a HBO World Max. War II, you being a World War II okay. guy? Just take your time. Listen, it's not for everybody because yeah. it's hard to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an incredible show. Gotcha. This, on, the Chris, Pacific, you... this, the second version, not quite as good, still pretty good. Okay. And they're working on a third one. Because so, you, being a World War II guy, have not seen Band of Brothers? I have not. My goodness, man. You will cry like a bitch. Good. Guaranteed. I need that. That sounds <laughs> perfect. All right. All right, gentlemen. This is episode 270 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office current and upcoming release, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, gentlemen, let's hop into Box Office Mojo, shall we? Number one for the week, no surprise, The Batman bringing in an additional 36.8, making the worldwide come to $598 million, just shy of $600 million. What, what do you guys uh, think about that? Not a bad showing, right? Hell no, it's not a bad showing. That's good. Um, I wonder, I wonder what, what they were done. looking for to make on that. I mean, I'm sure the number they've got is pretty good, though. Well, you know, with how students come to HBO Max, they probably hit their mark. Yeah. Otherwise, they probably would hold it off for a little bit while, a little while longer, right? Yeah. Well, because I, you know, I'm not trying to compare Sony versus Marvel, or excuse me, Marvel versus DC here, but you know, we got a 600 million dollar movie in Batman that is pretty good. Yeah. But you look at Spider-Man that was released, what, how many weeks ago, Grayson? 14 weeks ago. 14 weeks ago, just got pushed out of the top That's five. 1.8 billion. Yeah. So, I mean, numbers-wise. Yeah. But I bet you Spider-Man was way more expensive to make than Batman. 
Let's go. I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I actually don't know if that's right. I mean, Spider. There, there, there may have been. There may have been. The thing with all the Marvel budget, especially now that all the Marvel movies are so well intertwined, is some of that budget may be wrapped up in other things. Like it the was next two hundred for Spider Man. Okay. And how much sure. for the the Batman? Couldn't have been that far behind. If it was, well, so I mean, I think the most expensive thing for Batman would be the fact that it was shot over forty-seven days for all the uh, dawn and dusk shots that they had, that they took in it. I'm sure, you know, Batman. There's no way Batman is cheap. Yeah, but is it two hundred million expensive though? I don't know. in a second. Hang on. The Dark Knight Rises was two hundred million back in the day. So that one, had, but that one had a huge production value with with, with what they did on screen. They but rented out a so whole arena. But so did this. Did it though? The same Batman. budget. Same budget. I told both, you, they both couldn't have been at 200. I'm surprised about that. Where did it go in Batman? I know where it went in Spider-Man. I know the actors it went to. I know the effects that I saw. Maybe all that tech's real. <laughs> <laughs> all that Wayne tech? Yeah, yeah all that yeah. Wayne tech is real. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, Chris, you're going to be happy about this. Number two in the box office this week, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. There you the movie, go. Yeah. 14.8 million American Bringing its total domestic gross to seventeen point six, international gross one hundred and twelve, total worldwide one hundred twenty nine point seven. Yeah, Chris, what is just just very briefly? What is this movie? So this movie is a prequel is a prequel to the first season of the Jujutsu Kaisen actual anime that aired recently and ended. It has no season two yet, and unlike the uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie that came out, which was very successful in the U.S. and and uh, worldwide. This one is a prequel. It isn't like linking the next season. This tells the story of the show's favorite, probably the favorite character and a different lead guy with similar issues with like the, um, of the main character in the anime series. It's actually, it's being talked about as being a very strong standalone movie. You don't need to have seen the original uh, season of it to go watch this movie. It's, it looks really good. I want to see it. So I'm really excited to try to watch it someplace soon. And wait, you guys say in the where wherever you guys are, there's one showing one time a day? Yes. Two two showings at Marquee. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I, I, I hope people do enjoy it though. It won't we won't be covering it, but Chris, for your enjoyment, you should definitely check that out. I'm you seem keep, to love that. I'm those. gonna keep petitioning you until we do cover it. <laughs> um one day we may. Watch, I gotta watch your guys' movies all the time. All right. Number, number number three, Uncharted, bringing in even eight million, bringing its worldwide to three hundred and thirty-seven. I gotta admit, that's about two hundred and thirty-seven more than I thought it would make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were we were worried about Uncharted, and I mean, we didn't give it the most favorable of reviews. We nobody hated it, but well, it, it. well yeah, it wasn't great. Yep, it wasn't terrible, but I mean. They seem to be happy with it. I'm happy that it was financially successful because it means that we'll, that they're going to keep exploring. You know, companies may keep exploring those avenues for get to pull video game movies, TV shows from the source material instead of doing your own thing and ruining something. We'll which, talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So, indeed, sir. No, I we didn't. I mean, it was it was it was okay. It, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, and for something like that, it just. I just. I mean, our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck, and that's important. It really is. As long as it's watchable, it's going to do well, you know, in the long term, too, when it goes to streaming services and such. Yeah. Number four, X. 4.4 million worldwide, 4.4 million worldwide. Swing and a miss. Sorry, 4.4 million domestic, 4.4 million worldwide. Uh, if you remember, that is the um, that is the the film. I think Brittany Snow's in this one. Uh, it's set in 1979. 
young filmmakers want to make a movie in a very rural farm setting. Uh, and they do, and it come, becomes a, the, the farmer that actually lives there and his wife or some horror aspect to it. So if you're a horror aficionado, I'm sure you'll love it. Roger, I'm sure that's a hard no for you. Uh, but it did it not do well in the box office. No. It's, it's a hard no for me because it just doesn't look good. Fair. I, 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 like, that's why I don't want to see it. Shots fired. <laughs> All right. Number five, Dog. 4.1 million. It's worldwide. It's 62 million. Roger, what did you say the budget on Dog was? Like a handful of nickels. Handful of nickels or ten Fair. million, one of the two. I think you said ten million, so it's done all right for itself. Chang Tatum did uh, that was that was okay for him. Keep in mind that Spider Man No Way Home was in number six this week at three point two million. It's fifteenth it week still made three million though. Even with it being out on Blu Ray and four K, it still made three point two million dollars. I'm so fucking confused right now. <laughs> Why? Why are you confused? I'll, I'll, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> Trust me, it's relevant to what we just talked about. All right. Well, let's let's move on then, gentlemen. Uh, there's your box. I don't think there's any major shakeups there, but there will be here after we get out of March. April has a lot of big movies, so hopefully we um, we start making some. Uh, Batman's sir, lucky. Uh, Batman's... Sir, there is an anime movie that is number two on our box office. That is a shakeup, sir. We'll see where it sits next week. Okay, bro. Uh-huh. We'll see where it sits next week. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's take a look at uh, current upcoming releases, as we just talked about. So this past week uh, brought us Uma and X, and March 25th is coming Friday, brings us seven days, everything, everywhere, all at once. Those just got put on the docket, and The Lost City. So The Lost City is pretty much the only. (laughs) What are those? (laughs) Pretty much just The Lost City. I thought I was good at this. (laughs) April 1st brings us The Contractor. Uh, that's on th- theaters plus video on, on demand. And Morbius finally, we'll finally get to see Morbius. Good, as I'm excited creep, for that one. As I we hope creep, it's good. Yeah. As we creep closer to that, I, I am getting more excited for that. Uh, April eighth, which is Friday, Ambulance is theatrical on IMAX. Sonic the Hedgehog two, that's exciting. So I've been watching a lot of Twitch lately, just because there's stuff happening in the video game world that I'm interested in, and I've seen so many trailers for Ambulance, like ads, like on like Twitch ads for that movie. It's oh. I know more about that movie than I do anything else right now. Well, I'm sure you do because I mean, Michael <laughs> I mean, Bay Michael movies. Bay movies yeah. so the plot's not going to be that too, that deep. Yeah, and I bet <laughs> you there's a lot of gunfights and explosions. There were a lot of those things in in, in the 15 minute ad, 15 second ad clips. Yeah, I like to think that it's going to be bad boys with an ambulance. Yeah, but I mean, there's is that a problem? That, right? Michael Bay has the formula. Uh, I don't, wait, are we talking like the original Bad Boys or Bad Boys Two? I like Bad Boys Two more than Bad. Boys. Okay, you can like I I like Bad Boys. Okay. That movie's fucking awful. Oh, it's a terrible it's awful. movie. Oh, it's awful. That movie, I, I, I like that movie. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's a exactly. bad movie. <laughs> it is though, but I mean, Michael Bay understands what it means to make those horribly overdramatic drama scenes that really don't. That man just makes money. That's all. I, I mean, I think he's fine however he gets it done, right? One of my favorite scenes in that movie is when um, they realize that uh, the girl has been, his sister has been taken, Marcus's sister, and uh, they have to go. And they're like, it, for some reason, the police precinct is all windows, no real walls, all windows. And you got that wonderful Michael Bay sunlight coming through. And like, the yeah. like hardened SWAT guys walk in, like, we're in. Wherever you got planned, we're in. They come up with this ludicrous ass plan. No, to go, that like, we're gonna go to Cuba, cause okay. an international incident. <laughs> <laughs> we 
ridiculous. But I mean, that's what you. I mean, that was all the rage yeah, but, in 2000. Yeah, but, yeah, but when that scene happens, Grace, don't tell me your ass is like hell yeah. Well, well you know, I you am. know what the kicker is for that movie what? and all the bad boys movie, like the slow bad boys, like I don't know, like in the background, like when you know something bad's going. Yep. And he's just like, oh yeah, let's fucking go, let's go. I do love in the first Bad Boys. One of my favorite scenes is one of the one of those action sequences, and that was back in Will Smith was like Will Smith before he was like the Will Smith we have, but back he was like the action star back then. And I love that scene, Roger, and you can attest to this too. Is when like there's for some reason there's an explosion behind him. He's running over a bridge, and his shirt just comes open. <laughs> he's just running without a shirt on. I don't know. I just always love that. I don't. Sorry, I'm laughing obnoxiously, but that's my favorite. No, I no, uh, no. I like the third Thanks. Bad Boys was a pretty decent movie. Though. No, and that that wasn't a that wasn't a terrible movie. Better movie than Bad Boys Two. But I still like Bad Boys Two. Better. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Bad Boys Three is easily the worst of the three, and I'm sure there's going to be a Bad Boys Four. Actually, I know there's a Bad Boys Four on the on on the way. So are you allowed to say that though? I mean, it's rumors, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty certain about this one. Anyway, but yeah, so the 13th brings us Father Stew, April 15th, which is a Friday, Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, April 22nd, The Bad Guys, The North Man, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and then we have April 29th, which is Fiddler's Journey to the Big Screen, not a theat- not a real theatrical, uh, Firebird, Hatching, Vortex, all in theaters. But that's no real theater. Firebird and the Hatching Vortex? <laughs> that sounds like that a, some... that's a Harry Potter movie, right? No, <laughs> or like a Dungeons and Dragons it's... campaign. Oh, never there's... mind, I'm in. <laughs> there's Firebird, Hatching, and Vortex. Three different movies. I like them combined into one. Yeah, me too, actually. I'd, I'd go see that. That's right. Um, your, kid, your squad has to go kill a phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weird. No, May starts off strong with Doctor Strange. You gotta and take care of his mountain slayer. That's right. Okay, May starts off strong with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Small movie. Small movie you may have heard of in the small budget too. I bet MCU. Tens of dollars. <laughs> yeah, tens of dollars. Right, right, right. Tens of dollars. Oh, I already watched Loki. Now I'm thinking about it too. Oh, I watched a nice chunk of the Avengers yesterday, the yeah. original one. Well, it's funny because like I'm watching it, and you know, like all the stuff with Loki in there, I'm just like. Who knew he was such a good dude? Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Just mis- misunderstood. <laughs> Leave him be. Yeah. He's a better person Let's now. Let him grow. Variant. <laughs> oh, Wilson. All right, gentlemen. Let's take a look at what's streaming. This week, we're taking a look back at Netflix. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, it's fine. When's Hustle come out? <laughs> that in June? Sure. Number one, Silver Linings Playbook by director David O. Russell, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Robert De Niro, Chris Tucker, Shea Wiggum, Julia Stiles, 2012. That was a pretty big deal when it came out. My favorite part of that movie is when they're at, uh, when they're trying to, the two friends are trying to hook them up together. And he's like, look, you can just dock your iPod right in the wall and it plays for the whole house. He's like, what song you want to play? He's like, Ride the Lightning by fucking Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, the kid's asleep in the other room. He's like, so? (laughs) Then don't play it. Then I don't care. (laughs) Ride the Lightning by fucking Metallica. (laughs) Good song. Number Uh, two. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Number two, Richie Rich. By director Donald Petrie, Macaulay Culkin, yes, Edward Herman, John Larroquette, Christy Ebersol, Chelsea Ross, nineteen ninety four, back when Macaulay Culkin was all the rage. Wait, is that not a Disney movie? 
I don't think I don't so. Know. What a shocking upside! I like, yeah. I mean, it just screams Disney. So, like early, like early '90s Disney, right? Wasn't, wasn't the wasn't the dad in that movie also the? Uh, he ended up being like he he was a good guy in Richie Rich, good guy, quote unquote. But he was he wasn't he the bad guy in uh in uh, Lost Boys? He was like he was like the big bad vampire. I think so. I think I'm thinking. You may right. be right. I don't. I, I don't I know. I, I haven't seen Lost Boys in a while, but I'll find out. Lost Boys is good. Hey, uh, that guy's been dead since 2014. Which guy? The dad and Richie Rich. <laughs> Edward Herman, who was uh, on Gilmore Girls for yeah. many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three. Here's a very in a movie called Christmas Oranges. Thank you for that. Number three, a very highly contested movie, controversial in every aspect. Watchmen, of course, by director. <laughs> Zack Snyder. I don't mind the Watchmen movie. Big Blue Dawn. I do, though, and I'll tell you why. Malin Ackerman, Billy Crudup, Matthew Good, Jackie Earl Halley, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Patrick Wilson, Carla Gugino, 2009. I'll tell you what I, my problem with Watchmen was. Dawn. That, that movie was hyped. Not enough. Like, so much. Well, it could have been a big thing. Because, it. I mean, it, it's one of those movies where... The it's fan- legendary source material. Yeah, yeah, the fans of its source material are ready for, you know, they, they want... They want to see it in that in that medium, and they don't get to see a good product. So I, there's a reason for that kind of stuff. It happens all the time, unfortunately. I don't think, I don't think, um, I I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I just think it's the one the movie stands out in my head is that's every bit of that moves every bit of like two forty five three hours. It's three hours long, and when they get to the end, it feels like three hours. When they get to the end, it's just like nothing. I don't want to. I'm going to say in the broad term, nothing happened. And that's when, like, <laughs> when Rorschach, like, what? And then it just explodes. But shouldn't have been standing there. That was so anticlimactic. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. It's just, it's a good movie up to a certain point. And then it's like nothing after that. How, and I, I just thought they would make a very climactic ending. And it just wasn't. I never know. watched. Did you ever watch the show on HBO? I never watched it. I never watched the show. I never have, but people do rave about the show. I, I, I will admit I haven't seen it, so I can't say anything about it. But people do really love it. So there's Dong. also that. I wonder how much dong there is, though. I mean, like <laughs> never <movie>. enough. <laughs> <laughs> never, oh. never enough dong. All right, gentlemen, let's move into. Shall we move into? Sorry, I lost my. Let, let's move into trailers. What do we think about... This is going to be... Uh, we're talking about three series and one movie. Tokyo Vice on HBO Max. It actually starts streaming very soon. What do you guys think about Tokyo Vice with... And Ro- so, Roger has a complaint about Tokyo Vice. I have a complaint about all movies set around the Yakuza. Is, you know, I, maybe I'm spoiled by like American mobsters and mafia stuff. But there are very few sword fights in American mafia movies. But in every every Yakuza thing, there's always somebody getting stabbed by a ninja sword of some type. Like, that can't be a, that's such a regular occurrence that it has to make it into every film, right? I mean, if it's every Yakuza movie, every movie probably isn't wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, I that know. or they know their audience. Uh, so let them go. I don't know, man. I like sword fights. It's fine. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Would you feel better or worse if American mafia movies started having sword fights in them? Not better. I'm talking like broadswords, like fucking giant English claymores. Yeah. Whoa, like a 20 pound. Yes. And battle axes. Yes. Yeah, okay. All 200%. Right. All right. I don't know if I would. 
I mean, that'd be <laughs> awesome. But... Mafia fighting with fucking broadswords and wooden shields. Yes. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope a sword fight breaks out in front of you one day while you're just at the goddamn grocery store. You're like, huh, how about that? It does happen. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> Go to our local Asian grocer and just <laughs> all of a sudden somebody's getting stabbed with a small, <laughs> small blade. Damn it. Does happen. Well, See? okay, let's talk about Tokyo Vice, though. Ansel Angor. Oh. Uh, what do you guys? Hair is terrible. <laughs> I actually love the hair. I actually love love his hair. I'll be honest. What? Um, I, I don't really. I don't think I, I might give this one or two episodes. It just doesn't seem like something I'd be into. But who knows? It could really be good. I mean, look, HBO. Their pedigree is fantastic. If you don't count last seasons of things. <laughs> <laughs> HBO is solid until the last. Season. All right, the last season of Sopranos is good. The last episode is controversial. Well, so. I mean, I was just I was just aiming at one. Oh, I, I know. Series. <laughs> um, they actually came out recently and said why they uh, they ended it outside of the Star Wars thing is it was just they said it was time for them to move on. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't. I just I'm so I mean, what, so angry at that. What, what answer did you want from these people? I again, don't know. just don't answer the question. That's just my theory. Well, they're dumbasses. Never answer, answer the fans. They're dumbasses answered the question, so that's their fault. Yeah, I, I don't even. Well, I no. can't. It's not their fault because they gave the answer. Now everybody hates him again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Yes, indeed. <clears throat> so Tokyo Vice actually starts streaming on HBO very soon. So if you're if you're into that thing, check it out now, Roger. You'll be very happy to talk about The Boys season three. And I'll be honest. This little teaser we get for season three, I have so many questions. There, there, are, there are humans exploding. Well, I mean, Billy Next Butcher. Getting, throats getting ripped out. Billy Butcher has eye lasers. <laughs> eye lasers. Eye laser At one point, he projectile vomits right into Huey's face. Bright green stuff. <laughs> I mean. I have questions. At least four or five different scenes with someone sleeping with someone. I, I just like, wow, this well, is going mean, to be a wild ride. That's the boys. So that's fine. It is though. I mean, I when Boys, did last some of the best stuff on TV, right? When it, we haven't had when was the last season? It's been a year. Yeah, it's been a minute. I thought it was like I thought it was 2020 when the boys came out again. No, no, it was it, it's it's been it's been a little just about a year. Yeah, just about a year because I was I was still living in Shady Side. Yep. About a year. Okay, fair. I mean, that's it seems it seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Well, because a lot of places, a lot of things like speed ahead to try to get us two seasons out in a year, and they're just like, nah. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, we are in general agreement that the boys is pretty great. I mean, all serious. I mean, all actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Decided. It'll be 18 months. I knew it. I knew it wasn't a year. I knew it was at least 18 months. September of 2020. Okay. Well, I'm sure they pushed it out too for the pandemic. I'm sure, sure it was, came out before it was ready, but I mean, the boys is pretty high quality stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, if, if, if you're just breaking it down to story beats and characters, I think the boys is pretty good. Now, some of it's, you know, Listen, it's not for everybody. It's also like outlandishly ridiculous at, at, at points, but I mean, who's the deep? What's his name? Is that chase chance Crawford? Yeah. Who's, I mean, come on. He's ridiculous. Well, how about the scene in this one where he's having some sort of sexual contact while staring into the an octopus stuck to a uh, <laughs> stuck to a glass wall? In- incredible. <laughs> or how about when they rammed the the boat into that whale? <laughs> that was good. 
That was good. <laughs> so great. I enjoyed that. So great. Oh, jeez. We're excited for that. We don't that that show does not need any introduction. No. So get excited for that. That comes out actually very soon. And gentlemen, let's talk about another trailer for Halo. And Roger, you sent something in the mass text between me, you, and Chris a few days ago, maybe yesterday actually. What was that that you sent? You said, "Oh, boys." Chris sent that. Okay, actually, sorry, sorry, Chris sent that. Chris, what, what what did you send us? We got the first reviews of the full Halo series. Yeah, and it's mediocre at best. That's what it says. Yeah. So and well, and a lot of the big complaints are the fact that it, it doesn't, doesn't use the right. Story. It doesn't use the the right source material, and this comes down to one of those things where you have. You're making the reason why this show gets funded, the money it does, is because of the fan base that it knows that it has and the following that it has. Because your goal is to make money on this, right? Well, you took you're taking this thing that a whole bunch of people love and something that they follow, and then you're not gonna make the thing that they love and follow. You decide to do something else. That's not gonna that's not gonna resonate well with your main audience what did you think was going to happen you have a built-in audience you have the easiest job in the world here you just well okay cool let me counter that go ahead i don't see now this may be a wrong way to look at it but what about uncharted what about uncharted uncharted is not good no 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 i don't mean i don't mean i don't mean good but i mean like fan base the first weekend uncharted didn't do a whole lot of money it was like 65 or 70 Mm -hmm. so that's what I don't. I'm not quite understanding. Is well, so well. There's also a difference here. You made a TV show, showrunner. You didn't make a movie either. So, but I mean, stuff. but they, but they, but it was based on. I mean, they made it because the fan base was huge. Now, Halo. I mean, do you really think? You know, how many Halo fans out there? Just guesstimate if you had to. How many a Halo lot. fans? For, for, for are, are we talking like twenty for million, thirty so million? Long. For so many years, anyone with an X, like the word Xbox, was synonymous with Halo. But my point is, what do you think the viewership of this is going to be like? The viewership is going to be short I don't know. and sweet. It's, it's buried on Paramount Plus now, so I don't know. Well, so Paramount Plus being buried on Paramount Plus isn't then isn't the issue no. because 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 that's a good way for Paramount Plus to gain extra sure extra subs yep. because of you have something as big as Halo. But when you make utter trash out of it, and there's reviews about it. And it's and everyone says it's garbage. Doesn't follow your story. You'll have guys that won't buy into it to see it because because they, they know it's going to be bad. So I don't want to turn this off of a Halo discussion for a second. I do want to bring Paramount Plus into it for a second, though. So the other thing that Paramount Plus has, I mean, there's a lot of properties that are associated with Viacom. Okay, yeah, yeah. That Paramount is part of, mm-hmm. um, like the Yellowstone, 1883, or whatever it is, and then a few other things, and all the MTV stuff. But the other big, 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 big thing that they have, they have Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, a lot of people don't like the way that they do those either because they just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. So maybe well, that's like a common a, theme. It's a trend, but it's not a good one. So no, like, that's what I mean, right? Yeah. Well, like the, another point about the comparison of Uncharted like and what they've done is that you didn't release a movie, though. You made a showrunner that you want people to subscribe to because it's good on a weekly release. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's probably eight episodes minimum. Yeah, so. so it's like it's like you know when, when when you make a movie, someone has to pay money a lot, you know, and and a decent chunk to go see your crap and then be mad about the crap they saw. Whereas people don't have to buy into Paramount Plus for more than a month, so you get one viewership month out of that. <laughs> Six ninety nine and move yeah. along, and it's like and you'll that's four episodes. You're gonna get so many people that don't that don't complete it because it's not 
good and it's not what they wanted to see. The point is, is that you have a built-in audience and you have built-in source material that is already beloved by a large number of people. The reason why this got funded to begin with is because of that. And then you don't do that thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, if you remember, Peter Jackson for the longest time was trying to get some some Halo content off the ground. He made a couple of shorts, some really good shorts. And they made a couple the of like, shorts. shorts. Great. Yeah. Dude, I remember the one for um Halo D DST. ODST. Yeah. ODST. That was a really good it showed you like the 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 marine being inducted him fighting and then him like being one of the sole survivors in the battlefield that was actually a pretty high production of a very short movie but that was a pretty high valued production so and you know jackson was behind this for a long time i wonder why this was after lord of the rings too so i wonder why he just never got off the ground i know it's stuck in development hell forever it's just it's why wouldn't you want to have somebody that's passionate about your about a project working on that project well of course you would that's the whole thing but obviously there's more to it than just oh jackson's attached and he's passionate there's obviously more to it because you're not even jackson after the ring trilogy who was untouchable couldn't get it off the ground so what, what does that tell you i think this is just one of the cases of hollywood thinks they know better and they're going to be wrong here and it's, i mean and you're probably for, right however to the halo fans however i want to say i mean as a playstation guy I'm happy that it's getting middling reviews because <laughs> no, no so, I don't No, I don't, you I shouldn't don't, be. Well, so here's the thing. You, you lose in that too, Grayson. As a, I don't think I do. And I'll tell you why I don't think I do. And I'm because like Sony's already full steam ahead with whatever they got going on. And with, you know, with somewhat of a success of uncharted and I'm telling you the last of us, these early reviews, they're, they're not going to be anything less than, than 85 or 90. I, I, well, I, I, I you were already pissed off about that because who they cast. Yes. You were already unhappy about that. I am already unhappy about that, but that's a whole separate discussion. Yeah, but but so the reason why you lose here as a Sony fan, like no like nobody wins here. And the reason is because the more successful these things are, the more these things that get looked at seriously be made and to be made well. But the converse is true. The more that these big properties get paid for and get spent and money spent on these things and to get made and they flop the less, the more th- these companies pull back on it. So Sony's going to look at, oh man, they're doing Halo. Oh, it didn't do very good. That might shit can one thing they they had idea and the idea tank down the line for because uh, if that one didn't do good. Our similar yeah. property we, X or we Y. Couldn't get, they couldn't get Halo right. What makes us think we could do this correctly? Yeah, because it's all about making money. Well, okay, so okay, well, let's then talk about this new Halo trailer. Is I think a lot of fans are going to be disappointed, and I think I. You remember the Final Fantasy Spirits Within? Uh, yeah, the, the Final Fantasy movie is a Every, Final Fantasy movie. Everyone yeah. was expecting, you know, spiky-haired Cloud, and what we got was a movie that was not at all what we were expecting. I think yeah. that's what's going to happen here. Same with what happened to Warcraft is yeah. they're going they're going back to the very beginning, like even before the events of the first. Going back to the beginning isn't a bad thing. No, it's but not, it... and I would argue for Warcraft that was the right call. It's just the movie was not great. Yeah, but they didn't even go back to the beginning, beginning. But, the, but the, those are semantics. But like them going back to the beginning is fine. But you, but there, the issues that people have in the reviews that I've seen so far isn't the fact of what story they of like of like where in the timeline they told the story. It's the fact that they don't do any, they don't follow anything that's that's known, iconic, or the, like the reasons why Halo resonates with its fans. They didn't like. They don't play the games. They didn't ask the fans, which I know we say you know you don't you don't listen to the fans for most of this stuff. But here's the thing: 
your whole entire show that you're making is based on something that people experience. And then you're going to make something up in that universe that is just your own thing that doesn't work. It's not going to either. But it, it, but it has to, and I'll tell you why. It's because you can't – okay, so – Okay, so here's the thing about Halo is it's, it's a first a little, little little context here. Halo is a first person shooter where you're moving through a story, but you're moving through, I mean, tons of spaceships and portals, and that doesn't work on the big screen. It just doesn't. Why can't it? It, it be, you if you if you have to ask that question, then you're you're. I mean, I don't. It doesn't work for the same reason why you couldn't literally adapt other things because minus minus the portals, minus the portals. And the spaceships change the setting. John Wick works, but it, Master Chief isn't John Wick. Uh, no, it, my point yeah, he's is he's unkillable. My point is, is that is that John Wick walks through tight, dark corridors with a gun out and shoots a lot of dudes. How the hell is that not is that not a similar vein? Then at that point, I, because it's 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 a whole different it's a different tone, different everything. It doesn't Halo, have to be. but but it, I think to. With the problem with Halo in my mind has always been. I know we're getting a little long-winded about this, and I apologize. The problem with Halo in my mind is what the fans want is not is never going to be what the studio wants. No, that's every video game's problem. I don't know. I th- I I really do think if there's been one close, it's going to be Last of Us because of the content. But you don't know. I, I I don't know, which is why I just said I think the fans. So, hold on, the fans want what they want is different than what the studio wants. Is true. The fans want want their what they love to be made and to be followed to something that's recognizable by them and tells the story that they already love. The studios want to make money. Those things can go hand in hand, but for I, some it's, reason, it's tough. It's a lot a tough of the time, people tell. don't do it. In the way that Halo is presented in game form, it's a tough story to any first person shooter would be a tough story to tell on in a series or even a movie. It just it just I just don't know you could do it. Why can you do it with The Last of Us then? Because that's a different kind. It's for, I mean, it's, it's not a. I mean, that's a different kind of a story. It's also way more grounded in realism. I From honestly think. I I, th- I think studios are worried about are worried about things that are just too fanatical out there. Like you're just too sci- sorry, fantastical. I don't mean fanat- I mean fantastical. I mean you're doing a you're doing a shoot TV show that's literally about about dudes shooting aliens. It's not grounded in any reality. Well, and but it's so different you, you, in game form. Okay, we're getting along, but like, I just I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna work, and I never have thought that. I mean, what Jackson showed us was a small possibility, but he showed us something that also wasn't Halo. I guess I guess my, I guess my final statements on it is it's only not gonna work because the studio just because the studio made it not work. <laughs> they made a bad show. Yeah, this it, it, this could absolutely work. It wasn't like they made this it, it with. Like they made this, and there was never a chance of it doing well. The choices they made are what made it not do. Okay, just remember well, too, the side point of it is, is we get plenty of comic book based movies from Disney Plus that are all very well made. Yeah, there's no reason you can't adapt an alien fighting game, fighting movie, video game into a TV show. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, I, I make these broad generalizations, but we'll see when it comes out, and it, it starts streaming this week. Yeah, in the like 20, four days. Yeah, yeah the 24th. from now for us. So we're recording this on the 20th. It starts streaming on the 24th. So two days after this post, we'll, we'll get – I'm sure the first episode will be – I mean like we're talking like 30 or 40 million people are going to watch the first episode. It might taper off after that if the if the if you know if it's really not – yeah. 
you know, people's time is precious and there's a lot of stuff to watch and a lot of things to do. And it's just, if it's not catching them, then it's not catching them, but we'll, we'll see. All right, guys, one more movie. One more thing I want to talk about trailers. And I want to throw a feature in there is <laughs> Liam Neeson <laughs> taking 15. Let's talk about it. Memory. What do you think? Uh, at least this one has a different kind of premise that he might be losing his mind and forgetting who he's trying to kill. A different premise, so he's not shooting people in this one? No, he, oh, no, he's, no, he's, he's definitely he's, shooting people. <laughs> but again, Liam must be just like, just keep pumping him out. Five million each one. Let's go. You got four weeks. He's building up his, he's building up his retirement account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Liam, Liam's retirement account is probably in the hundreds like three or four hundred million by now. We're not Liam's not eating ramen noodle soup, if you get my drift. He's he's doing okay. But for being as old as he is and still doing the action roles, that's impressive though. I mean, we didn't even we didn't even watch the last one. What was the last one called? It was um Blacklight. Blacklight. Oh, I, I watched it in the theater and it was Roger, you made the right call. Let's just it's very formulaic and very it's you know, it's just it wouldn't we wouldn't have liked it. The marksman was definitely a harbinger of things to come for Liam. Mm. But that being said, I still enjoyed it for being, you know, taken, taken what 14 and this is going to be taken 15. So, I mean, I still did enjoy it for that, for that aspect of it. Yeah. Good. I do love Liam Neeson. So I'm always going to be excited for any trailer I see with Liam Neeson in only because I think Liam is a hell of an actor. I really do. I think he's one of the best. Yeah. But I also don't think he will just, say no to anything yet <laughs> nothing yet um i i am very excited to see what um the chronicles of the 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 series narnia? of of narnia oh. because i mean the, the movies are no more but the series is greenlit so we'll see what happens with that but i don't i don't know with all the backlash with the with the lord of the rings series of all the negativity it's receiving as far as comments and things online i don't know maybe they'll think twice about that but yeah we'll, we'll see. see we will see if ever there was a time in history when when you know studios as far as the film goes studios and tv studios have to listen to what's going on socially in the world this is that time so i mean we will definitely see all right gentlemen it's been we have we've been talking for 41 minutes let's and this is going to be a longer episode folks because we're talking about turning red and then coda but let's get into turning red gentlemen let me get some particulars out of the way all right so Turning Red, Pixar's newest film. Let's look at Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes for Turning Red, the tomato meter, 95. The audience score, 73. Interesting. Usually it goes the other way. But I don't know. And I, I, I'm going to side with one of these numbers, and it'll be pretty apparent what number that is soon. But let's get some particulars out of the way. All right. Directed by... Domi Shi, uh, Rosaline Chiang, Sandra O, oh, Jordan Fisher, Grayson Villanueva, yeah, Grayson, Josh Boo. Levy, Topher Ngo, Phineas O'Connell, Orion Lee, Wai Cheng Ho, Ava Morse. I, I'm sorry if I pronounced any of these wrong, any of these names wrong. I apologize. Um, Roger, what is Pixar's Turning Red about? Uh, about a young lady that turns into a panda through some ancient curse. <laughs> Fiend. and probably getting her period thank you for adding that last part yep. I want to clarify things <laughs> I mean this movie does really go, kind of go hard into that and I don't I well, yeah it's, because it's relevant yeah I, I think it's relevant but it's a weird design choice if you ask me nah, it's fine yep all right gentlemen let's 
Pixar is a is a pretty synonymous name with quality animated <laughs> movies. <laughs> made a couple of decent animated movies you may have heard of. <laughs> a couple, yeah. So what Here's do we that. think about <clears throat> give me your overall, Chris, and then Roger, and then like ten seconds, your overall of turning red. Go ahead, Chris. Uh overall like what the movie's about, you mean? What'd no, you no, no, like what what you thought about it. Oh, uh this movie is this movie ha- is stylized very very well, very brightly. A lot of colors, a lot of action. It's cute, funny, and it's a fine Pixar movie. It Roger? checks all the boxes of a Pixar. Done. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'll use two seconds. <laughs> for for me, it was... I mean, I, I heard of some controversy going into it, and I kind of went into it trying not to listen to any, any of that. I just watched the movie itself. I found myself laughing. I found myself very emotional, choked up at times. I found myself that I, I really did enjoy uh, turning red. I have some questions though. And then okay. through discussion, I think we can, we can get to those questions. But so our, our main character may may is a, okay, let me ask you this. This is one of my first red flags is in the beginning. Is it intentional to make her so goddamn unlikable? Yes. Because she is, she's not entirely yeah, unlikable. What's unlikable about her. She's without a doubt one of the most unlikable characters in Pixar movies, main characters I've ever come across. Wow. She's, she's, she's so like in your face and whatever I think is what it is. And it's just, there's no humility, which of course is her character arc. So that's, you know, she, she learns to, you know, come to the other side of that. But what do you mean? What do you mean? No humility. I mean, she, she's, she's always right. Never wrong. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's her way or the highway. I mean, you know, basic, you know, young adult stuff. <laughs> it's her mother's way or the highway, for one thing. She's a straight-A student. She's very smart. Um, well, Maymay is... Okay, well, who is Maymay? Sum up Maymay at, at the beginning of this movie. Who, who, who is Maymay? Maymay's a 13-year-old girl who's... Growing up in Toronto. Yeah, she has, she's a 13-year-old girl with her clique of friends who, you know, she focuses on her schoolwork and making making sure that she, you know, is... is Make, keeps her mother happy top of her class yeah. you know fine fine student uh works a job after school uh if, if anything a typical asian canadian uh young lady has a tight group of friends that wants her around and invites her to do things with them that she can't go do because she has to worry about working you know at her mother's business yeah by the way is that legal in canada you know, underage people working jobs, family business, bro. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Is that you know, legal? Is because it's a family business? It's illegal. You can, it's legal you, in America. You can legally put put your children on payroll at the age of like eleven. Even in America, on a yes, family sir. business, yes, you can. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Interesting, interesting. It's also a huge tax break. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> how do you How do you know this, Chris? I'm curious. Don't worry about it. Just count right. days. I have two kids. I'm, I'm going for a third. Count days. How's your wife feel about that? That's uh, not, not great. It's not working not out. great. <laughs> So I guess some of the controversy comes into is, you know, May May is becoming a young woman and I don't understand why, why, why people are so angry about the whole, you know, becoming a woman, getting your period thing. I don't understand why people are so, I mean, that's something that in the, because, listen, because puberty, sir, is a mark of the devil. <laughs> are you alluding to the fact that there's some controversy around the fact that, that she is coming of age, not just figuratively, but literally? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, there you go. 
I don't. So that's what I was worried. That's why I was going into it. Like, okay, I know there's people talking. To, like, I didn't. But I, the movie ended. I'm like, none of that stuff bothers me at all. So yeah, well, that's the thing, right? There are some. There's first off, morons that don't appreciate what this movie really is about, and just see that they talked about periods for I don't know what five total minutes, maybe. And this is a real thing that parents deal with, especially around that age. Listen, puberty happens, folks. Yeah. That's the way life is. You it's know, inevitable. It's I'm a girl dad. Chris is a girl dad. Yep. This is real life. This is the way it happens. Yep. But like I if you had a problem with that, I think you shouldn't have watched this movie that they gave you for free anyway and then cried about it. Well, you, so, so that's something that's something else too <laughs> is some time ago they yanked it from theatrical and put it on Disney Plus. I don't it's, know. Now listen, after watching the movie, I have no idea why. Cuz well, listen, I bet it would have made a bunch of money this week. We know why, but we but we I think we agree that we don't understand that we don't think it, it's as big of a deal as, as what it was made out. Sure, to be. exactly. I think it's what it is. Totally fair. I think if they would have been like, "Yeah, deal with it." Yeah, <laughs> stick to your guns. Wait, so it's it's because of the controversy that they stuck it on Disney Plus for free? That's, uh, well, that's, that's got to be the we, only we reason. Don't, we don't. We don't know. Yeah, but they made a conscious choice to do that. Maybe though, they just wanted to pump up some. Uh, Disney Plus stuff again because there hasn't been a big free movie on there for a while because it hasn't. Maybe the mother. I mean, there hasn't. Yeah, but and they well, they've been doing a movie like a big release quarterly. Well, Luca, Luca was the last one, and that one was not good. Yeah, but here's the thing: this movie's good though. Yes. It so is good. and they and they got to know they have something good. They know when they got something bad. Sure. Artemis Fowl's a good example of that they put that right on the streaming service. Yeah. You know, so it's like they know. But this, then you watched it anyway. They, only because I <laughs> only because I talk on a podcast. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, I mean, just for one second, let's talk about, I mean, that's why Netflix is okay putting out, I mean, most of those Netflix movies are just atrocious. Yeah, they're pretty bad. But like, they just stick, they stick them out because people watch them anyway. I mean, it's, that's why, how many young adult shows on Netflix, like, you know, Virgin River and all these other, you know, are literally the same show repackaged with different characters. Yeah. I mean, how many of those young adult shows, I mean, there's got to be a hundred of them by now. Sure. Like, I mean, but like, that's why they keep releasing them because people still watch them. But there's nothing wrong with sticking this movie. I don't understand why they put it on, because this could have been a theatrical release and it would have done fine. Well, here's the thing, and and this is the last thing I'll say about the whole theatrical, theatrical and then streaming is I would have loved to seen this theatrical because visually this. Movie, I bet it would have been great. This awesome. There's so many like just sequences with just bright colors and actually I bet you the sound would have been really stellar been cool during too. the during the yeah. end. Yeah, yep. I bet you would have been awesome. I mean, the whole the whole third act would have been. Would have been just awesome to see in theaters. During but like, the, 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 the Godzilla it. fight? <laughs> yeah. Yes. When the fucking kaiju rise hey, up. <laughs> hey, when you saw Godzilla in theaters, wasn't it awesome when they fought? It was. You know yeah, what I mean? It certainly, yeah. certainly was. Yeah. Exactly. Million, millions dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Millions dead. Same here. You know what I mean? But I, I just. No I, casualties reported. Reported. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I think this movie would have been brilliant in theaters. It would have been just bright, vivid, awesome to see. And yeah. we don't get that. Yeah. I, have a big I mean, teaser. it's kind of a shame, though. But so, okay, so Roger's right. This taking place in Toronto. Mei Mei is coming of age. But she, you know, her family's got kind of a curse involving pandas. Kind of a, curse. a small. A, small, a smaller curse. curse, right. Uh, and they, you know, they link it to becoming a woman. And there's, you know. I, Actually, I, I don't even know if they no, did they that. They don't do that, though. They link it to her emotions, yes. not just her going through. Well, because, by by, by linking it. By they, LinkedIn, they, I mean some of the dialogue is is very tailored to it. It could be either it could be the panda curse well, or the I, period. See, I didn't I didn't pick that up no, because it's because uh, each one of them they actually talk about her mom 
they they had her panda issue like later in life, yeah. like after she had met her father. Yeah, because because they're shocked when it's the panda thing. They think for sure it's puberty, mm-hmm. Be, and and then when it's not, they're shocked because it because it's not actually linked one to one. It's you know, hey, this thing's happening. Oh god, it's not that. It's the other thing. It's not linked at all. Yeah, the small panda curse thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all this other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, I don't think that they're linked at all, Grayson, in any way, shape, or form. I think they're they're shocked and surprised when it is the panda curse, comparatively, because it's supposed to happen way later to her. Is this a real thing? Is this a documentary? <laughs> it, it, it's it's the makings of Fil- filmed in real time in Canada. This is yeah. what happened in Canada in the early two thousands, and they just swept it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really one of these. Too. Today, I learned things on Reddit that <laughs> that turning red is a documentary. It, it explain, loosely based off. It explains their free healthcare. That way, they can register all the panda people. Yeah, but that's, that makes sense. Damn. Panda people. That's a deep political dive there. <laughs> socialist panda this I, I i do love how it took place in early 2000s it feels early 2000s how did man. it take place in early 2000s you feel like it's early yeah, 2000s. I, mean, I, I do love the how sights, they... the sounds yeah. how people talk oh yeah. man so it was it'd be, pretty great it'd be really easy to to bag this movie and all the things that like it does it does wrong with the things that people are pointing out like the mom and how overbearing she is and what she does with like the like the boy that she likes at the at the gas station was a little over the top, that kind of stuff. But this movie's this movie's fun. It's good. It's bright. It's colorful. It it has it has it has decent messages in it. I wish we had an Asian perspective on this show. Just to see how that yeah. really Yeah, I'm yeah. serious. No, yeah, no, I, I was thinking how, how relevant that would be, but it would be it actually. would be. Yeah. Because listen, there's a lot of pressure on some Asian yeah. Some young Asian kids oh, yeah. about how you have to maintain your grades. You have to work hard. You have to be this trade A student. You have to be top of there's, your class. There's a statistic that I heard the other day. It's like 76% of all of all Asian American high school graduates go to uh, go to college. Mm-hmm. 76%. That's, you know, white, pe- white people, 33%. You know, it's even higher in Canada. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that at all. Actually. I bet it is. Yeah. I yeah. bet it is. So because it, it, it's cleaner and they're nicer than we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think the pressure thing's real. And yeah, no, one hundred percent. They real. do a good job of 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 showing that in the character and her personality and her actions because she's because she's as, as as hyperactive about her schoolwork and working with mom at home because of the pressure. It isn't only because she likes it because there's things she wants to do. This whole movie revolves around this girl wanting to go to this concert. Really, is is like is like her goal to get there. That's where, you know, the panda stuff comes up, where, she, you know, where her emotions are tied, where all the shenanigans she gets into is about making money to to do so. So, like, she has her own ambitions, but then there's mom's ambitions, which is a lot of pressure on, on that side of things. And we get to see all that unfold in this. This movie is more, I think, more about those those subjects and, you know, about... It's it, it is a true coming of age story for this kid who's discovering like all the things that she likes and what she wants to do, and about making boundaries for those things. About you know, hey mom, I know you want me to do these things, but I want to go do my things too. Absolutely, like I'm growing up. You have to let yep. me go. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I mean, she's 13. She's basically an adult. She yeah. says that in the movie, which mm-hmm. people have problems with for some. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Oddly weird. enough, that's kind of what Coda's about too, in a, in a, in, a, in a small way. The next movie we're talking, but back to um, back to. One of the things I really did enjoy about this was, I mean, home run. Thank, thank you. Was the early two thousands how well they were to capture them? For instance, I think it did great. I mean, when I was in middle school in the late nineties, so I mean, I started high school in the fall of ninety nine. But I remember 
Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, man, oh man, when they were, when they were at their height, women at school dances just melted. Like, I mean, it's just, and I can understand why her and her friends, that's their goal is to go to the four townie concert. Are you kidding me? It's still my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one question I had. Do you guys remember any of the promotional material for this? What little there were? How they? Not really. It's almost nothing. There was that, that, that small fifteen second clip of her in the bathroom where she pushes that girl's head yep. into the stall, and then there's a lot of like. Well, when she's stuff. laying in bed and pandas out and busts the yeah. the thing. That's the other one. Yep. Yeah. That, that Definitely was it. no attack of the sky dome. Yeah. I remember yeah. I remember seeing NSYNC was was linked to this movie, or at least that's the band they were trying to portray. I mean that and makes I, the most sense. Yeah. But they never like I was surprised that Justin Timberlake wasn't like none of them were in it. I was very surprised about that. Well they'd have to, they'd have to pay for that. Where's my boy JT at? Yeah. <laughs> Look, think- Pixar's got a few coins tucked away, Chris. I think Yeah, but I also think it. if Justin Timberlake was in this, this just goes theatrical. Okay, right? Yeah, I think you'd have yeah. to. He's too big to not have that. Yeah, but th- when they made the decision to not, it was already way too late for that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not in it, so it doesn't matter. I don't think they need any of those. Those though, because I the mean, people- they harmonize well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you like that. I mean, the people we have in this are good, though. We don't need. I think that. they do great. You don't need that big that, that big draw of Justin Timberlake because if you have a good story, which you do here. You know who I really liked in this movie was her friends. Yeah, because they're ridiculous. Yeah, like, I, I, I'll, I'll be like, honest. I always wanted a tail. Yeah, just like. Whoa! <laughs> I like the girl. I like the girl with the bibs. She's like she's she's cartoon characterish out of like out out of. She's kind of almost out of place with how over the top she is. Her whole friends kind of is, but she's like she's very much in your face, and I actually enjoyed that. She was just like she was. I, I laughed a lot of like her facial expressions on screen. She looked more like an animal than the panda did at times, and I thought that was funny. I like it that her mom didn't like. She likes two of the three friends, but not the one. I don't trust her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everybody's got a sketchy friend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't bring her here. Wait, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a sketchy friend. You then. were the sketchy oh, friend. Oh God damn it! <laughs> if you didn't have one, you, you were, were the sketchy friend. That explains a lot. <laughs> I, I did love the I, I did love the really aggressive girl who's always like screaming everything and shouting it. Yeah, she, yeah, she yeah that's what I'm favorite. talking about. Yeah, yeah. The girl, the girl, the bibs. Yeah, she was my favorite of the of the friends you know one thing it does confuse me here is why the one girl looks so much like the one girl from encanto <laughs> the girl with the glasses yes yep it's i like, mean like it's it is it's, it's pretty that's a real thing yeah <laughs> well someone pointed out the other day when i was talking about this movie with him too was like you know like the last two disney slash pixar anime movies we've gotten we've gotten almost the same like main character out of like the missing like story a very big fantastical fantasy thing mm-hmm. that you know is not grounded in any kind of reality yeah, we've gotten that twice now, back to back. So you know, it, it then both of these movies are good. One way better than the other. Sure. Still, you know, Encanto is going to probably win several Oscars. Yeah. You don't think you don't think Turning Red will? No, it's not nominated. So no, I don't. <laughs> First, well, Turning Red, we, it's not. It didn't come out last year. I know, I know. So it can't be nominated. I mean, well, we'll I mean, it next could year. next year technically. Well, it didn't have a theatrical yeah, release. No, no theatrical release yeah. yet. That's a good point. That's we'll a yet. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I mean, like, I think Turning Red is a, a, is a very above average Pixar, right? It's not the best they've ever done. It's nowhere near the bottom. The weird thing is, is this has this weird controversy attached to it, which is a fucking joke, honestly. Yeah. Um, as a man who turns 40 very soon, I had no problems with this movie. I thought it was funny. It was colorful. It looked great. And it really captured that early 2000s vibe, which yeah. doing something like that is very impressive to me now. You know, we look back because this movie is basically set 20 years ago. 
So you look at that and be like, wow, they really pulled from some source material. Like things look different. They act different. They talk differently. And to be able to just maintain that through the whole time when they didn't have to do that. Yeah. They could have set true, this yeah. in 2022 or 21 or whatever. And modernized. Yeah. It, they yeah. could have modernized this and they chose to not do that. So that makes me wonder if we get more out of that, um, like a second Turning Red movie, because, you know, someone's a little bit more grown up now as an adult having yeah. her own children. You see what I mean? Yeah. There's definitely something for that. And I also thought we would get something like that at the end. That she would be like, this was my story. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, because now she's in her mid-30s and whatever. So, I don't know. I had no problems with this movie, and I thought it was good. That's the real short version of it for me. Um, like, the one thing that I didn't understand, what's up with the pink dust? Every time that she, like, changes to panda, like, yeah. pink dust spawns. And so, there was one, so, when the, and, then, and then that scene when she's jumping from rooftop to rooftop to rooftop. It's did I was I wrong in seeing, Super Mario Odyssey is what she's doing. Yeah, she's Super Marioing across the across the town. But so every time she turns into the panda and then she turns back, that's a that's that's the dust you're talking about. The poof, poof, yeah, like that. Okay, so she can't do that forever. Maybe every no, but I don't know that, the rules. Isn't that part of the plot though? Is you can't keep doing that, or the panda wins out. You have to be selected. I don't know how her mana stacks. Well, so I, I can answer. I can answer the. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I did. That was good. <laughs> I can answer the pink thing for you. Okay. So the color pink is. It's like in Japanese culture. I'm and I, I'm. I'm ninety five percent sure of this. It it denotes like youth. Okay. It's a it's a youthful color. It's all it it's tied to like cherry blossom trees. Sure. And okay. Know, when they bloom, that kind of thing. So. And with her age where it is, if you notice, she's the only one that the pink dust comes out whenever she switches. Okay, I get. Okay, I I, pro- I didn't realize it then, but you're yeah. probably you're. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. It, it and I think that's why it's the color pink. Now, now there was an aroma to it, according to like the like the scenes we see there. Like her friends are kind of like, what the heck? Every time that like they get a whiff of it, but but I think color wise, it's because she's youthful, and that's and that's okay. the color that defines that in Japanese. Sure. Okay, that's fine. I guess I didn't. I didn't pick up. I never picked up on that. Nobody else when they yeah. turned. Yeah, mom and them. They, they don't. They don't poof in, in the color pink at all. I like that they all had their own medallions. I too, did basically. too. Yeah, like their Ranger power coins. Yeah, you know that's cool. <laughs> I like when they all when when the ants morphed. Like they all like, yeah. did their thing. I thought it was really cool. Like let's go. Yep. They're going to whip some ass. Yeah. <laughs> the panda. Well, posse. I mean, they went and drug some ass, but whatever. It's yeah, that's that's what happened. That's really. <laughs> God. Yeah, drug context time. matters here, people. Yes, it does. <laughs> Isolate that clip. <laughs> Good clip, I, Chris. I don't see how you can. I don't see how you can say that the two are unlinked. The panda and the coming of age for a young woman. Well, so no, I I, I can explain to him what he, why he says that because they they talk specifically about mom's panda. Not that she didn't get first get it around that age, but like she never had her ritual till after dad came into play. Because that's what they got in the big fight about. That's why grandma has a big scar on her forehead. Because mom turned into a panda and knocked grandma the fuck out. Like, that's what <laughs> happened. Like, they don't say that word for word, but that is what happened so, in that scenario. It, yeah, and I'll, and I'll further clarify for a second, because I can see why. This movie's about beating up your parents, honestly. <laughs> such a good message. The um, <laughs> I've never related more with the Pixar. <laughs> the whole coming of age and puberty thing and the panda thing aren't linked directly 
the movie absolutely has undertones of, you know, of she's changing this stuff, she's growing up. And then it, it's almost like if they would have done this in the reverse order, where like she becomes a panda and it's an issue. And then like later on, mom, like for some reason thinks, oh, she's having her period or something stupid like that. that I would, thought we were going to get some weird callback it would, to that. It would, come, well, it would cause less confusion, I think, or less controversy on that front. Because they're in in the in this movie's it's universe, all just a fever dream. In the universe of pandas and red panda morphing people, the two things are not related. It doesn't happen at the same time for them. It's just coincidental. It's coincidental that that she's thirteen and she's having the panda curse thing happen now to her, which is earlier than what they were ready for because it usually doesn't happen until they're a little bit older. Well, well, let, let, let me ask you this: Why did? So why did they have the mom then say when the girl first wakes up as the panda, the mom says, has the red peony bloomed <laughs> like a flower? Well, because I assume that up until this point in her young life, she has yet to get her period. Yeah. And by the time you get to 13, you're on the clock. Yeah. Like it's I, coming, whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next day. Yeah, actually before 13, really. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you got into that far... It's only a matter of time before exactly. it does happen. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yep. Like I said, girl dad stuff. Yeah. Okay, fair. I mean, I, I, I think they're more linked than, than you're going to admit. Well, but... it, I mean, we don't, you'll never really know. Yeah. And it doesn't actually matter. So it doesn't, you know, well, here's the thing. They don't, they don't harp on that part of it long. You know, there's, there's, no, two... there, there are several references about the period. So for like a, yeah. a total of five minutes, but yeah. after that, yeah, then, then it's it, gone. Then it's gone. Yeah. Right. Like there are two big scenes where she's getting out all the different, all the different pads and stuff. And then she shows up at the school. That's it. <laughs> the thing at the school is hilarious. <laughs> so when she turns into the I giant, those moms. when she turns into the giant panda and then escapes back to the house and then her friends come and she's like, the one friend's like, do you need more pads? I brought some. Yes. That's a good, that's a good friend. That's a good friend. That's yep. a good friend. I want to help you. I listen, yeah. I don't know what happened at school. That was really messed up, <laughs> but I'm here to help you out. That's a good friend. Yep. Bro, are you okay? I brought you some pants. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yep. I don't need you. You pissed all over yourself. You're a fucking mess. This, bro. <laughs> oh, no. I got oh, some shorts. I have Hold to on. go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's just like when I see this controversy stuff, it's just so acid. Well, and, and one one last thing I want to, Chris, you read something. I don't want to get into it, but this person who's reviewing these people you read, need the Lord. Well, this the review you read was basically someone telling parent warning parents that this is this movie is not for children at all it's it's, it's the devil's work hey chris your kids love this movie my my seven-year-old loves this movie and, <laughs> See? I, and i'm okay that my seven-year-old loves this movie it sounds a, like it's for kids to me yeah right so it's not. I just kids. don't understand. See, that's part of the controversy too. Is where do people get off saying this movie's not for kids? It's it's the devil's work. Where do people get off saying that kind of stuff? Listen, there are movies that there. I can think of two movies that are like that are like that are not kids movies, but like like rated like PG PG thirteen borderline from back then and now that I, I that my kids won't watch. You know, until they're a little bit older. Well, what what, what are they? It'll scare the shit out of them. Well, Goonies because it's creepy, but no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so, but but like but like you know, I but here's the thing. That's my choice as a parent. I'm not going to run around and tell every parent, no, you don't let your kids watch that. That's my choice for my kids. No, but you would legitimately answer like, "Hey, what'd you think of Turning Red?" Dude, me and my daughter loved it. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's you an know? answer. Or yep. hey, we didn't really like it. 
Okay. Yep. You don't have to be like, these people need God. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you don't need to go that and in, route. And in this context, if, if someone says, Hey, how, how'd you like red? Me and my kid loved it. And if they ask me then, well, what about what I heard about it? It's this, that, and the other. I'll tell them I didn't think it mattered at all. I think it's a good kid. I think it's a fine kids movie. If you're if you're not okay with that, don't watch it. Yeah, that's as far as it goes. I mean, listen, you just gotta let them know you're gonna talk about. You know, you're gonna have kids that you're talking about a period yeah. for like five minutes. Yeah. Guess what? No one's gonna care. Hey, are you comfortable with your, with your kid bringing up pads? No, probably don't watch it. Or you'll need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so let's talk about Pixar then. Does Turning Red fit in with the rest of the Pixar lineup? I think it's a little bit more grown up. Well, it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so. literally it's literally about growing up. Well, but yeah, and I think that matters because I mean, listen, Pixar has made some of the greatest animation stuff we have ever seen. Yeah, and then they've also made Cars. So there's that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Cars two. Cars is a great movie. Cars two. Cars is okay. Cars two. Cars trash. as a trilogy <laughs> is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you got, you got like a seven or an eight, and then a three and a two. It's that average ain't good, bro. <laughs> but it, I, you know, but we got Toy Story. We got some other good stuff out of them, and it's just like they can make whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And if they really put like full Pixar into it, I will always watch it. Okay, they have never made anything so bad that I don't. I wouldn't be at least all right, man. That's cool. Listen, if they make a Cars Four, I'm probably gonna pass. I'll just, yeah. uh, just throw that out there, but. Like, how can you bet against them to do something wrong? Like, you can't. I mean, what's, like, besides the Cars movie, their lowest rated, like, scored movie on Rotten Tomatoes is, like, yeah, it's like a 75, though. Some movies, if it got a 75, I would celebrate it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, that. um, that's how it really works. Okay, let me ask you. Their highs are just so high. Yeah. It's just, you can't. You can't expect everything to be a hundred out of a hundred, right? This movie's not that way. It's not perfect. It's not the best thing they've ever done. This movie's fine. Yeah, it's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you guys something real quick, just in relation to to this. In a minute, because I forgot what I was going to say. So damn it. Okay. Damn it. So <laughs> I, I think what it comes down to it is, I think, and I've been saying it for a while since we watched the Lightyear thing. I think they should grow up a little bit more. I think they should do a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. I think if they did it right, like with Lightyear mm-hmm. especially, that would be incredible. Yeah. And I think they could push boundaries that you could never believe if they wanted to do it. I don't know if Disney will let them, but I, I think if they did it right, there is something there. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, okay, like a, a quick link to that is, you know, and I know I'm – this is I'm I'm the guy. This is my thing. But like you can take you can take anime movies that are beginning to come out too. Sure. Where in animation you can push different boundaries than you can with with people actors. There's a reason why a lot of you know some of these animes that come out and then they make like a live action movie it doesn't do well because you can't do some of the stuff live action. Same with animation. You can do some amazing stuff, tell some great stories here, and you could tell you know an older audience story if you wanted to. It's just how that's received and watched. The other thing is that I want to mention is if this movie came out ten years ago. With the with like the political climate different, the way that like parents are with their kids now and stuff is different. Ten years ago, does this movie have any controversy? Same exact movie? No, it doesn't. I mean, does no. anybody give a shit? This movie came out ten years ago. No, 
but it's, right. the, this movie doesn't it, exist. Which is more messed up it than never, you think when you say that. Yeah, right? It never comes up. As hold, we've on, gotten, hold on, hold on, hold on. But society, this, this is more controversial. But this, this, this movie doesn't exist as it does now 10 years ago. Why doesn't it? Well, because, I mean, hasn't Pixar's... The movie takes place more hold than on, 10 years. Chris, give me, give, give me a second, oh, man. Yeah. Okay, right. hasn't, the, hasn't the Pixar like focus shifted from the male to the female in the past like five or six years like yeah. i mean this we movie we, we just had onward luca but i mean this movie doesn't exist 10 years ago because it's a it's a male instead of a female 10 years ago it, it, it wouldn't have been may may it would have been a, a male protagonist we had inside out that's riley Okay, but that ten years ago, seven or something like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was that movie ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I mean, I I don't think it matters. I yeah. don't. I don't think it matters. And I've never looked at the Pixar movies as mostly being male driven. Anyway, I mean, even looking at Wally, Wally's is you know it's a robot. But that's a female led robot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's how that is. But wasn't yeah. I mean wasn't Brave such a big deal because it was a female heroine? Brave is a weird movie, though. Listen, Brave isn't for everybody. Hold on, but I don't care how weird it is or whatever. But like that was a big deal because it was about a female heroine instead of a male. That well, was that was a, the... that was their Disney princess, though. Yeah, okay, or, fair. Well, fair. as I was saying, haven't we had Disney princesses forever? Yes. Yeah, but there's—I mean, for a thousand years, all female <laughs> heroines, aren't they? I mean, there's always a male, though. The closest thing we get to a Disney prince is Wreck-It Ralph. Think about that. He lives in a trash heap. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, no, well, yes. There's always a there's always a male like like other like male lead, but that's true in all movies, though, isn't it? There's always like you know a male and a female. No, no, in no but movies. like, but in, in all the Disney, with all the female, the male always has to rescue the female in a lot of those early Disney movies, even up to the '90s. You know, the male has to do the work. The male has to save the kingdom. When did Frozen come out? 2000 it's not pixar but 13 right. yeah it's still it's still disney animation right? 2013 but that was also a huge deal but it was 10 years ago yeah but you know what i'm saying though is i know I, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here where i'm saying where we had female heroines in, in animation you know about 10 about 10 years well, back how long do you think they've been working on this movie because i mean for it to come out 10 years ago means it would have to be written 13 years ago and now you start to get into that little gray area with, well, would it exist in the same way? Who knows? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, okay, I guess the only point I was trying to make was is that if this came out seven to ten years ago, the controversy in, around this movie doesn't exist. No, it, 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 I mean, if it, I mean? If, if it exists, it's minuscule and no one listens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's more the – that's more the point I'm trying to make, which that which also means we may we may have, we definitely would have got it in theaters because ten years ago we didn't have streaming services the way we do now. So right, I mean, of course, I think this, but... thing is, this thing could be bigger, and it's a shame that it's not because it's actually a pretty good movie. Well, it does. Well, let's let's talk about the ending for a second. I yeah. I got very emotional at the ending, especially when which 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 part? Though? Well, okay. So is when all of the is when they're in that like that like bam, yeah. bamboo forest of yep. spirit. Oh yeah. Sure. And all and all the generations of women are together. Like I got kind of choked up at that because that's kind of a it's a very emotional scene. You know, for for all those women involved, you know, they're they're again separating their pandas from themselves. Yeah. And then she makes a different decision. But I mean, that's a pretty especially when like she sees what made her mother like why her mother was the way she was. Mm-hmm. You know, she's seeing that very very vulnerable you know, part of her mother as a 13 year old girl yeah. who's scared, doesn't know what to do. And the Panda has come and she's you know, mad at her mom. 
Yeah, so like weird. they're they're more alike. I mean, that's the whole thing is they're, they're the they're same alike. person. So I got really I got emotional. I got choked up. Like there were there was a tear coming out of my eye. I, I don't feel ashamed to admit that, but that's exactly what the movie is trying to elicit from it's the audience. There's a wonderful a wonderful like like teachable moment within your Disney Pixar movie that you know got overlooked by a whole bunch of garbage that surrounded. Well, it got overlooked by women or by people like that one woman. What's saying, the teachable moment in Cars Two? Oh my God, Roger, you Cars. <laughs> is it when he becomes a spy? <laughs> Well, cause so like, like your point on that on that part of the movie, Grayson, is that and and after that happens, when we see them, the mother and the daughter have a better understanding of each other, and they're closer than ever. Power Weird. shift. Weird. Well, I mean, like but that's. I mean, after she knocked her ass out, she realized, like, bitch, you come at me, I will put you in the ground. <laughs> Well, it's a weird, it's a weird how the family dynamic shifted after this fight. It's just, <laughs> it just makes sense that this movie is. There, there's a better movie here than I got credit for, and I think that's almost I, a bad thing. I think this movie's fine. Like, listen, yeah. it, it's not a ten. No, but damn sure ain't a five. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree with you, Roger. I agree that this movie is better than it's. This movie is better than see ten years ago, Chris. Movies didn't get mired in all kinds of negative talk and now that's all that happens yeah is like movies get mired down and oh they portrayed this person like this and you know they didn't find an egyptian actor to play the egyptian gods and like blah 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 like i don't at one point don't you just have to look at a movie and say this is art deal with it so i mean i don't know i I didn't mean to be insensitive about it i'm just mean all especially chris i don't if you if you if you Listener, go and try to find that thing we're talking about with that woman saying that this is not good for your kids. I'm sure it would be a quick Google search to find it. But we'll laugh. But that, yeah. I, I just don't understand how that woman comes to some of the realizations that she comes to. I just don't get it. Well, again, it, it it's okay to be a parent, and it's okay to parent your children the way that you want to parent your children. But you shouldn't – I mean it's, it comes down to pushing your parenting values and how you value that to other people where it, it everyone's relationship with their kids is very much – you know, a sacred thing to them and their family. It's- well, I, I also saw, you know, so there's that website that um it rates all the, it, it's like a Christian movie site where it says like, you know, okay, this movie has some nudity. Has oh some yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I didn't know that exists. This, this, I think this movie is getting trashed on that site too. Who cares? So, but that might also be, again, it's, it's Maybe unfair. Maybe we should start consulting this for every movie we It watch. talks about, it talks about they- them gyrating and, <laughs> and stripper music. Of course it's going to get tore up on that website. I just, it's getting unfair negatives. I just don't think it's, it's Pixar is anything wrong. Pixar has written another great movie. As a counterpoint, it's only getting unfair negatives from our perspective, from their perspective and the way they, they want to parent. It's, it's absolutely, you know, warranted on there. All end. right. Fair. But what does your gut tell you in, in the world of what's fair and what isn't? It, it, I don't think that's the people are garbage. Yeah. I mean, that's, there we go. I think, I, I think that's a good segue. Into scoring. <laughs> people die every day. Roger Stillian. People die every day. That okay, so well, let's quotes, let's yes. let's move into scoring then yeah. the the Pixar movie if we can, boys. Um, I, I'll I'll go first if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy turning red. I am a little angry. I didn't get to see this on the big screen because Chris has a point. It would have been gorgeous to see, and the sound would have been awesome. It would have been a much more enjoyable experience, I think, in the theater than on my couch. So saying that, I mean, this to me is a seven and a half. It's it's great. It's fine. It's right up there with some of the better Pixar movies. By no means is it bad. Um, it's getting mired down in what I think is unfair negative reviews. But I really enjoyed this movie. I, I don't think it's a ten, but it's still great. 
Okay. Let me go, Chris. You want to go? Yeah, because I won't be on the next one. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um. So I think this movie's about a seven. Uh, I have no problem with turning red. Uh, I think it's great. I think if you have a problem with turning red, I don't care about your movie opinion. So there's that. Um. But yeah, I think most people will like this. It looks great. It's funny. Um. It's definitely appropriate to talk to to have your kids watch. And if you can't have that kind of conversation with your kids, deal with it. That's really it. It's a seven. So I I really like this movie. Uh, this movie's fun. It's so bright. The colors in this thing are fantastic. It's vibrant. The sound is is above average, you know, by a, a good bit. the The third act sequence was so cool and so much fun to watch. Like just a lot of awesome. Vibe. If if you like if you like anime, you're, you're gonna probably enjoy this. There's a lot of like call outs to that as you watch this movie. The characters are fun. I laughed a lot, and my seven year old liked this movie. She's already tr- she's already watched it twice, and want and wants her cousins, her friends, to watch it with her. This is a good one. I, this is an eight for me. This is a fun movie. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll watch this again with my kids when, whenever they want to put it on. It's a good one. All right, two seconds. What's your favorite Pixar movie? Inside Out. Uh, Grayson. Oh boy, it's a two out. seconds up. up. Wally. There you go. This guy's both wrong. That's funny. No. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sub, sub, subjectivity has no rules here. We got a lot, we got a lot of top ten lists that we that we want to do or should do on this well, show. What is honestly. the best Pixar and why well, is it Wally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's we we always come to this, you know, well, you know, what what's our top five here? What's our top five there? What we think this is? I bet you our top five in Pixar wouldn't be that far. Apart. It probably wouldn't be, but we'll never know because we don't we don't do top uh, top five ten episodes. Dorks works indeed all right gentlemen we're, we're breaking tradition a little bit this week uh we usually do Double one movie, movie. Then another bah, bah, bah. we are now going to move into coda which is another movie we, we watched um and chris as i understand it you did not watch coda no, no, no i did not my chris had an issue with his apple TV my apple tv's my apple tv's being a little bitch he's locked out of his apple tv <laughs> which hilarious yeah well whatever um, As an adult man who works for a telecommunications company to get locked out of something, it's hilarious. It's true. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's accurate. A large telecommunications company. <laughs> All, right. All right, gentlemen. Well, small Roger. Indie small indie company. <laughs> All right, Roger. Chris, you are welcome to comment and ask questions when you when you feel necessary, though. Oh, I probably won't. I do hope, though, you get to watch this movie. I think, you, I think you'll find it I've incredible. heard nothing but good things about Especially it. Especially so. because how much you like Sound of Metal. Yeah. You will love this okay. movie. All right, Roger. So let's get some particulars out of the way, sir, if we can. All right. Coda on the tomato meter, 95. Yes, on the, sir. The audience score, 93. Mm-hmm. Those, are some, those are A's. Those are A's on both scales. The, the 90, the 94 to 100. No, 93 to 100. Isn't, wasn't that it in, in like in our area growing up, Roger? I was a big fan of the 10-point grade scale. <laughs> I, know, I know, but I remember growing up, it used to be like, what, 93 to 100 was an A and the 92 and below Something like that, B. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Coda, Roger, what's Coda about? Actually, let me get some particulars out of the way. Sorry, I break a tradition a little too hard. All right, Coda is, and we did really much like Sound of Metal. Like we love the Sound of Metal. Yes. And Coda is a very similar movie. Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, Eugenio Derbez as Bernardo Villalobos, Troy Kotzer, the wonderful, the wonderful Troy Kotzer as Frank Rossi, Ferdo Walshapelo as Miles, Daniel Durant as Leo. Marley Maitland as Jackie Ross, also wonderful. Uh, Amy Forsyth as the friend Gertie, directed by, directed and written by C.N. Heater. Roger, what is CODA about? So CODA, let's talk about what CODA stands for first. 
CODA, C-O-D-A, stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Um, that means she is Ruby. Ruby is the only hearing person in her household. She was born to two deaf parents. And the percentage um, of chance for her to be born with full functional hearing as a you know, child of two deaf adults is astronomical, basically. She basically had like a 1% chance to be able to hear, and she does. So that's kind of neat. Um, what this movie is about, it's about Ruby's life basically being the interpreter of her whole family and how her family dynamic works. Um, growing up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, living on her family where her father and her brother work on a fishing boat. Um, her mom runs the books for the company that they, they start up. And, you know, she's just trying to lead a normal life. Turns out Ruby is an incredible singer, does sing pretty well. Um, and about she ends up trying to get into music school, uh, music college for singing, which her family obviously can't comprehend things like that because they've never heard music they don't you know it doesn't resonate in their life um so that's what this story is about so and it's excellent it is an excellent film it really it really you know we always tend to find these excellent movies like right before the oscars checking out oh check out coda we haven't it's you know weird <laughs> excellent movie but what, what i what i think is 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 kind of well for for me this movie hits home because my mother is deaf she has an implant which when it's in, she can. She's got like seventy-five percent of her hearing back. But when it's out, I mean, you could yell at her through a megaphone, and she'd never know. So, I have had to grow up with a deaf mother. Um, but none of no one else in my family is deaf, so it doesn't. I mean, I'm. I don't think it goes that far. But so, Ruby is. She's in. She's in a weird place in her family. They. She has like. She's taken on the role of interpreter for her father's fishing. Every boat. member of her family. Well, I mean, it's especially important on the fishing boat because he's the only one that can hear the radio and respond to Coast Guard and or other radio signals they're receiving. Yep. That does come into play in this and movie. That's very important thematically what, what's going on there. But she's also trapped because she wants to start kind of doing her own thing. And when she joins choir because of a boy, um, the teacher says, you've got some real talent. You should really consider you know, making this going to college for free. They have scholarships. Get one of them. He offers to, to teach her, to train her for free, um, which is a large part of this movie as well, her training and about what the complications that it puts on her life. Which, by the way, of, Eugenio Derbez, I loved him as the music. Oh, he's teacher. great, man. He's great. Mr. V? Mr. V. He raises some pretty excellent questions to our young, our young uh, protagonist. Well, uh, and I think he... So Ruby's life is not easy by any stretch, but she, she lays it out to him at one point where they're having an argument about her being late for her third consecutive training session that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on my, in my life. And he was like, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life too. Don't waste my time. And I think when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you don't have that kind of perspective that, you know, older people do. That my time is one of the most important things, and I've discussed that many times on this show, about how the worst thing you can do as a movie is waste my time. Um, imagine doing something for free to train, help train somebody to become a better trained singer so she can get a scholarship to go to a music school, and she's constantly late. And he lays it out to her, like, this is important. He's doing it for free. And then he just explodes at her. And I think that's great. That was a real moment of like clarity for some people in this movie. And I think that's that's a great show. And Eugenio uh, Derbez does a hell of a job. 
I think he's excellent in this movie. He was one of my favorite characters, even though he's excellent in a movie where everyone else is also excellent. Dude. Oh, man. The dad. Troy uh, Kotzer. Wow. That dude rules. He is he's great. I know the, the mother. So the woman who plays Marley, Marley, Matlin. Marley Matlin is Jackie. She's had some hearing issues for a very long time, too. Yep. But she's also a legendary actress. She's been around a long time. She's done a mm-hmm. lot of things. Um, yeah, so, she, she's won an Oscar for Children of the Lesser God. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and even the brother, Daniel Durant. Um, every, everyone is fantastic. Um, and he's also had experience growing up, you know, kind of deaf as well. So I also give this movie huge praise for using actual deaf people in these roles. Yes. I I, I think it really Exclusively kind of... Exclusively deaf people in these roles. It it lends sort of a, a a genuine reel that you otherwise wouldn't get. And I know on the if you just listen to our Wes Harp about, you heard my last thing about, no, you know, actor can play anyone. But like, there's a different... When you hire a certain kind of the, the authenticity of this movie yes. is there, but that same with like Sound of Metal is some of those people in that movie were also deaf, like yes. in real life, the, the character or the the actors and actresses were, and that's again it, it it shows on camera, and it's hard for me to like explain what I mean than it shows on camera, but if you watch Coda, I think you'll get what I'm saying. Yes. Is it, you really get that production value? It comes through to you, and that's important. It really is important, I think, in a movie like this. So every day, our wonderful Ruby, she wakes up at 3 a.m., goes out on a fishing boat to help her father and her brother fish, where they get completely ripped off with whatever they're selling because of the auction house buying the fish. And then she goes to school. She comes back, goes to school for another eight hours, repeats the next day. Yep. You can, Roger, now go back to being 17. Could you keep that up for five days in a row? No. And then, and, and then the weekend, I'm sure they went out and fished too. Could you keep that up for seven days in a row? No. I don't think I couldn't I could imagine be. getting up at three o'clock in the morning and staying up all day, period now. I thought I would die. Yeah. So <laughs> I could do it like twice and then I would be like, death. <laughs> That'd be like, all right, I'm Only because of the first time I did it, you could do it once. And then I would definitely go to sleep at like eight a eight PM the first night. Yeah, my wife wants me to get up at at like four like four thirty in the morning to work out before she goes to work with her. That's never gonna happen. That sounds so awful. <laughs> She listens to the show, by the way. God damn it. (laughs) I I don't think it's awful, but... Hi, Chris's wife. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Now, let let, let me ask you something. I've always thought that... Now, this is just my realization that the popularity of the show Glee, I thought, kept these kind of movies... When it comes to a kid discovering that they can sing, it kind of kept the number of these movies down in the past maybe decade, decade and a half. Sure. Because of how popular Glee was, no one's like, oh, they're just copying Glee. Now, turns out if you start on Glee, you're a mental train wreck. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of those people had. That's a real dark story to follow. (laughs) Um, So I want to ask you, I know that in some movies there's a lot of like coincidences and it's kind of hard to. You know, like, oh, of course this girl can sing. But like, you know, or like the the very tropey of, uh, you know, someone stays after work to, to practice their sport. And then in the shower, like the choir teacher hears them singing and like, oh, you got some pipes on you. This movie isn't like that because it's not it's no way it's it's through her own fault. She ends up in choir. No one finds her and drags her into it. Which no, is, but which, then the first time she's in choir, she freaks out. Well, she's going to hear her sing. 
Well, but I mean, it's also, she's also linked to the guilt of her, you know, her family not being able to do it or hear her. So I get that kind of fear and terror. And that first conversation she has with the teacher is great. You know, it's just, it's a wonderful conversation that like, I'm just like, damn, I wish I had written this movie. And it's one of those movies. I'm not saying it's a movie like this is easy to write, but it sure the hell is easier than a Marvel movie. When you have sure. so many moving pieces and just so much going on at any one time or something like Game of Thrones or a Michael Bay movie or, you know, I mean, you know, for, I'm not saying this movie is simpler to write, but it's it's very writable. And I just as someone who is, you know, a student of writing myself when it comes to scripts, and I'm always working on my own scripts is I was damn impressed by this script. I, I was incredibly impressed. Yeah, by it's, the it's very good. It's this movie's paced so well, too, man. I think it's great. It's there's so much greatness going on in Coda that it really is. Now this is not. I don't think this. This is not an Apple original, is it? Um, because I it don't, it won a film festival, which is what yeah. it got picked up for. Mm-hmm. So no, I think it's just on. Well, I believe it's on Amazon as well, right? Oh, is, is it on Amazon? Okay, I, I watched it on Apple, so maybe I was wrong. Okay, no, it says it just says distributed by Apple TV Plus. It is not made directly by Apple. No, but it is on Apple TV. So, yeah. but it's important that they, they didn't make it. But I mean, damn, it's good. <laughs> damn, yeah. it's good. Um, what did you like about some of the about her family though? Did you? Oh my God, her dad rules so much. I think he's great, especially with the with the loud sex. Dude, so okay, so there we get a real look into like deaf life here. Um, one about <laughs> he rolled mom and dad roll up in this you know jacked up pickup truck to pick ruby up after school one day and they're just blaring gangster rap music because dad loves it because it vibrates the okay, truck yeah, yep, yep. yeah it makes sense right he's like i love i love rap it's great feels great on my ass like that's what he says to her <laughs> hilarious right so the first time she has miles the guy that she's singing this duet um over with you know he's playing the guitar like they're singing and you just hear loud sex coming on from the room next door. It's her parents in the middle of the day. And like, they have no idea anybody else is home. Oh, oh God. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. And, and no, and it leads to one of the funniest things I've ever seen in sign language. Like, the only person that can read sign language is Ruby and the other deaf adults, right? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad. And they have Miles and everybody's sitting awkwardly around this room after this entire scene plays out. Okay, yeah. And they just go on, the parents just go on, assume that Ruby and Miles are having sex. And he's like, you, and he's like doing all these motions with his hands about how to put a condom on and like rap. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like I laughed, like belly laughed oh, at God. this. Wonderful. <laughs> Dad rules so much. I mean, is there anything, I mean, as far as like a, a teenage girl goes, is there anything more horrific? Oh no, no. <laughs> then, then discovering not only the boy you. No, like, I just would have walked into the ocean. I mean, there's not... nothing more hor- horrific for a young girl than that sequence of events playing out, and like how cavalier her parents were. Yeah, like they're know. fine with it. And like, I love how she's like, "Mom, do you have? Do you guys have to have sex in the middle of the day?" And his, her no, heart... and then Dad's like, "Look at her, she's hot." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Dad rules so much. But like dad also has like – I, man, Roger, we talk about scenes on this show quite a bit. When we, when we isolate some good scenes in a movie, but man, 
the scene at the end with uh, them two sitting on the back of the truck. Oh my goodness, that's wow. got to be one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Well, I mean, listen, this movie's nominated for a bunch of awards, and things like that are why. So they, the the basic of this, the baseline of the story is the family doesn't really understand, you know, why she wants to do singing because they they have no idea she's actually talented and she's very good at what she does. And there's a real chance that she can at least be in consideration to get this scholarship to music school. So they're at, a, they're at the choir recital and she's, you know, got a couple songs, got a duet and that stuff. And her parents, you know, do parent things when they're, they're completely uninvolved with this um, recital. But they know that Ruby's got something going on. So they're there for which I, I respect. But like they're having conversations with each other, you know, through signs about basically how bored they are because they're just watching them. You can't lip read because they're too far away and things like that. Um, but then they start to notice that something's really going on because Ruby has a song at the end. And like legitimately there are people in the crowd crying because she sang so well. And the duet they had went so well. Everybody like standing ovation stands up and applauds. So when they get back home, there is a scene with Ruby and dad where they sit on the back of the truck and they're they're talking about life and about things. And he asks her to sing for him and he puts his hands on her vocal cords. Man, that was awesome. Like, that was awesome. I mean, it's one of those scenes that you just pure authenticity. Yeah, is what you're seeing on the camera. Just well, and then oh. and then it follows up with a scene not too far down the road. What the next day, basically. They are. They take her to her musical audition after she said she wasn't going to do it because the family needs her. Dad basically drags her to this audition, and the family's told that they can't go in. They sneak into the balcony, and she's super nervous and can't sing. And uh, Mr. V shows up, helps her out, and she sings. And she sings this beautiful song and looks up at the end of the balcony where her family is, and she signs the whole song to them. As she's and, as she's performing it, yes. For the, for as the she's judges. crushing this audition yeah. by Joni yeah. Mitchell, maybe I think. Man, I, it I was so good. <laughs> God Almighty, yeah. it's just holy crap. And there are those, some of those scenes. Just I'm gonna remember this forever. But they're so powerful. That's the thing. Is like the power in this movie. Chris, you missed a good one. I'm just saying. Yeah. You missed. You <laughs> missed a damn good one. I'm 100 serious. You will love Coda. <laughs> yeah. no, it sounds like I would. Oh man, so, oh, man. And there's yeah. there's some other like. With the pacing of this movie, it there's some other really great comedies. This movie's too. funny. This movie's funny. I love when they're in the hospital in the beginning because the, the parents have... So, yeah, so she has to go to the hospital to be the interpreter between her parents and a doctor. Turns out that mom and dad both have jock itch because dad's a fisherman. He spends all day being wet. And if you ever had had the unfortunate instance of having jock itch, like the only thing to cure it is you can't do anything for a couple of weeks. You basically have to have this medicine on there. And he gave mom jock itch because they bang all the time because, you know, dad rules. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that really uncomfortable conversation where she signs to them that they can't have sex for two weeks. And he says first, first she says forever. And dad, like, starts signing very aggressively, like, that can't happen. And she's like, fine, it's just two weeks. Hilarious. Yeah, or great. the part where uh, her friend Gertie, which I didn't know they named people Gertrude anymore. Um, decides that she has a crush on her older brother who is also deaf and she teaches Gertie some signs. Like Gertie knows a little bit of science because she's Ruby's friend. Gertie comes down the stairs, looks at the brother and signs that she has herpes. 
hilarious. But 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 she thinks she's telling the brother yeah. that yeah, she wants to hook she, up. Yeah, like they wants to hook up, and he's like, "What's wrong with Gertie? She told me she has herpes." <laughs> and then and then um, uh, um, uh, Ruby's like, "I don't know," and just walks back up the stairs. Uh, she's weird. I don't. So know. So did she do that on purpose to her? Yes. Friend? Okay. Okay. okay there we go. There we go. I thought maybe she like mess up the sign language nope. or something. Well, so we do have one instance because normally you get cheap laughs from that. Yeah. Like somebody screwing up a sign. The only time they do that, it's hilarious. Because after the recital, the family meets Mr. V, the teacher, and he signs nice to meet you, but he uses the wrong finger motion. So he signs nice to fuck you. And dad was just like, (laughs) he just makes this like stone cold look. And he's like, like Ruby corrects him and he's horrified, right? Because he doesn't know. And dad's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah. I know what you meant. Because <laughs> dad rules. Yes, because dad rules. <laughs> and, then, and then dad signs back, nice to screw you too. Yes, that's what he signs back. Oh, man. Yes, hilarious. Amazing. Uh, the first real scene with them signing to each other, Ruby calls her brother a shit face. So that if you didn't know, there are signs for that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So will I be more like if I watch this movie? Will I be more in tune with the signers we see on TV now for like for like town no. halls and stuff? Oh, all right, never mind. No, the, the, you, there, there's not enough time to learn any sign language here. But, it's just, I mean, maybe like a one or two things, but you're not going to pick up on anything. So it's, it's all too fast. I know it was a joke, but she but so one thing I do love though, Roger, is we talk also we talk about you know pacing being an issue here. But this see this is a special case though because. It's there's there there are several I don't mean large chunks but I mean like minute long chunks when the family Silence. like the family is there's there's nothing going on because the family is signing to one another yep and you you have to read the the subtext for what you have to read the 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 dialogue box what's going mm-hmm. on subtitles yep. I don't think that's a problem no uh, I actually think so they have, they have a scene during the the recital where it's from dad's perspective and everything fades out to complete. Like no sound, silence, complete silence, complete silence, and he's just looking around, and that's when he's really starting to see how much people are paying attention to Ruby singing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting how that plays out, and it it works, man. One of the one of the big things that this movie will always resonate with Sound of Metal to me because a lot of that movie is subtitled and revolves around the deaf community. Um, is there are large portions of silence in that movie too, and every time they do it. It's so impactful when done right. Well, but it, and it, it this movie does it right. It doesn't hurt the movie at all. No, not you at all. It helps. I think it helps. But like, I think some people would consider that like, oh, the movie grinds to a halt when they sign nope. to each other. Stupid. If you think that you're stupid or you can't read. <laughs> or both, you know. If you can't read because you're stupid. There we go. That's, that's what fits. <laughs> yeah. We don't mean to assault anyone, but I mean. No, I do. I don't care anymore. All right, Roger does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if if you watch a movie like code and be like it was fine i didn't like i had to read the subtitles fuck off all right (laughs) let's tell you that right now i really like i really like the fact that a movie like this gets made outside of like a studio because i mean who knows i mean so this person whoever so the guy who wrote it and directed it largely probably you know he probably was one of the driving forces behind getting this made you know producing and everything and so someone said no to this movie and that's why sure. he had to go the route he went. And then it got picked up at a festival. And man, can you imagine being that person who's like, oh, I said no to Coda. Caught fire. Yeah. Well, I mean. Mm. Oof. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody always says there's, I mean, like 20 people said no to Godfather. Uh, that's no, very, I mean, that's right? a very good point. That's a very historic movie too. Yeah. 
Um, a small movie. You may have heard of it. <laughs> yeah, small, <laughs> indie, small indie film. <laughs> small indie an indie flick that spawned two more, several more. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great here. There's not a lot of bad, which is very unlikely. We usually say about movies. Usually, there's a little bit of good and a lot of bad. Um, I, I say um. I'm trying not to say um, but there's the Rossi family. Also, to me, like it, they feel like a real, honest to god family. Yeah, I think so. There's nothing usually like, you know, like families, someone feels out of place or because one of the people, you know, one of the characters is, you know, kind of a lesser character. So they're, you know, they're not written in with the rest of them and it just feels out of place. But this one, there's nothing that feels out of place. The entire family is important all the time. And, you know, the, the, the quips that the brother and sister have are, you know, they're dead on. The quips that the parents have are dead on, you know, the relationship with the mother and the daughter you know, the, the mother's fears versus the daughter's fears are, are, are kind of line up and, you know, the father's fears losing, losing his daughter and the mother's fear losing their baby. And, you know, she's not ready for the world. And, you know, as much as she protects them from people talking, they protect her also. Absolutely. In a way that, you know, like parents would protect a, a young daughter and a big brother would protect a little sister. So all that comes through in this movie, which is very, it's, it's an achievement in writing is what I'm trying to say. And it, it is up for three Oscars. Yes. So, I mean, I do hope it Dakota gets some attention because damn it, it deserves every bit of those Oscars. Absolutely. Uh, can I, can I say something about uh, Mr. V Eugenio Derbez for just a second? Of course. Um, so he doesn't do a lot of stuff. Um, live action. He is a legendary voice actor, but not for things that you think. So he is the guy that does all the Spanish American voices for a lot of famous Disney movies. Like he does the voice of Mushu, the Spanish voice and Mulan, both Mulans, all donkey in every Shrek movie in Spanish. So all those Eddie Murphy jokes and stuff, he did those same things in Spanish. Like, (laughs) I think that's just a crazy thing to think of. Like secret life of pets. He's the Spanish voice of snowball. Things like that. It's just he does the uh, the the Grinch, the Benedict Cumberbatch version of Grinch, the animated one. Mm-hmm. He's the voice in Spanish. Huh? He also yeah, it's, was that's in, weird. Uh, it's crazy, yeah. right? He he also did Overboard. Remember the remake of Overboard? Which yes, we, we yes. weren't we weren't crazy about. Ooh. But he's in Geostorm, the movie about a small red car. No. <laughs> yeah, the, you know what I'm talking about. You know what Geostorms are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. But yeah. I, I just think that like that's an interesting thing about that character. So. I, I I know how to be a Latin lover. Um, in twenty seventeen was pretty big. He was in Dora the Explorer, the oh, Dora in the Lost City, um, Lost City of Gold. He was big in that. He he's big in in his own circles. I mean he's 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 relatively big in Hollywood, but he's huge in like you know the the Spanish Hollywood. He's huge. Yeah, absolutely. But he's also excellent in this movie too. It's like, great. God he's almighty. Great. Movies, Hard work movies, pays off, man. It's funny, like movies like this, they keep me going for another couple of weeks of really bad movies. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those like oh, I could take it. You know, because I like I still recommend Sound of Metal to people. You should, and they always Sound tell me it's a awesome. damn good movie. You know, still I think it got jobbed out of an Oscar. So <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question, Roger. Now, now that we have Coda, okay. Now that we have Coda, Sound of Metal, um, Palm Springs, Vast of Night. Let's just say those four movies, I would put up against any four movies that anyone else is going to pull out of. Oh, have you seen this? Well, uh, 
Have you seen Coda? Have you seen Sound of Metal? Have you seen Palm Spring? Like, I would put those four up against any movie that people are going to say, well, have you seen this? Is that, sure. is that fair to say? I think so. I, think I mean, are... it's a good four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movie comes along like this and just, this is movies kind of like a filmmaker's dream with everything it brings together so beautifully. Oh man. Should we move to rate this bad boy? I think so. All right. I'll go first if you please. don't mind. Yeah, no, please. Uh, I think Code is a nine. Um, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's one of the best I've seen in a while, though. Code is good. That's pretty damn close. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty close. Um, it's a pretty good movie. I have a hard time thinking that if you watch Coda, that you wouldn't enjoy it. Now, look, you're in for a subtext ride here, okay? You have to be. If you don't know that going in, <laughs> you're going to be real surprised, okay? Um, I think it. You take the time and watch this movie. You will love it. Um, it's excellent. Um, I don't know if it'll win Best Picture or something like that, but I know it's nominated for a couple of things. Like Troy Kotzer is nominated for something personally. That's the dad. Um, he has my full support on everything ever because he rules. Um, but yeah, um, check his movie out. It's a nine. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. It's it's a nine. I mean. I ride emo. I ride emotions pretty high. So like, as soon as this movie was over, I'm like that's a ten. That's a ten. And then I, I, I had to really just think about it, kind of sit down with my thoughts. Uh, I do the thing I do on paper, where like I'm, I map everything out, and it's just I couldn't give it a ten. But damn it, if it doesn't deserve every single bit of a nine, absolutely, it, it really does. And I mean, it's oh, it's just, it's a shame that movies like this don't get you know big theatrical runs when they absolutely deserve it. When you know, I mean, Transformers seventeen does and that's coming from someone like me who loves transformers but i mean for different reasons but i mean i wonder if this movie would come out theatrically if it would make a difference with the nominations and everything would, I don't know. would people even care you think i don't know or does this movie only exist on a streaming service i think it's perfect for a streaming service it's damn fine I agree. and it looks damn good too it's beautiful like the setting i didn't talk about this the setting here instead of it's it rules. Hmm. That Lots first of things in this movie rule. The absolute first shot of the the open water, in like mid morning. It's gor- It's gorgeous. Like the, the little quarry shot. she sneaks off to to swim. Yeah, gorgeous. I would oh, live man. there forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a damn good movie. That please, by all means, check out this movie. You will not be disappointed. I'm sure. All right, gentlemen, we have done an episode. This has been episode 270A of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there. Check us out on YouTube and send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, Chris, are you alive? Yes, I am. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be taking a look next week at two more Oscar movies, nightmare alley and being the Ricardos. And please, this is, this is posting on uh three on three twenty five. posting will be our Oscar predictions. So please uh, enjoy that one as well. It was funnier when we kept saying nice every time we said 269 last week. 269. Nice. Nice.